Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 19th of December and this week's main story is Boris Johnson began his first full week as elected Prime Minister of a majority Conservative government on Monday. The Tories won 365 seats in the general election on Thursday, securing a firm majority of 80. Giving his first speech outside Number 10 Downing Street following the victory, Johnson said the government would use its extraordinary majority to unite and level up the country with a focus on delivering Brexit and improving the NHS. The election has been considered a disaster for Labour, which lost 55 seats and suffered its worst results since 1935. Both party leader Jeremy Corbyn and Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell have taken responsibility for Labour's losses. It's on me, I own this disaster, said McDonnell. Both men have confirmed they will be stepping down in the new year following a period of reflection in the party. On Tuesday night, Corbyn faced fierce criticism during an inquest into the party election defeat. In a two-hour meeting of the party's MPs, Corbyn said he took responsibility for the results, but believed the election was ultimately about Brexit. This drew an angry response from some MPs, including Rachel Reeves, who told Corbyn the problem with the party's campaign was you. Others have blamed the media for demonising Corbyn. In an interview on BBC Radio 5 this week, Shadow Transport Secretary Andy MacDonald said the Labour leader had been vilified as an anti-Semite and compared to Stalin by press barons. MacDonald included the BBC's coverage in his criticisms and claimed the party had lodged a catalogue of complaints over the public service broadcaster's election reporting. Labour MPs have said the party's upcoming leadership contest should aim to appoint a leader who can win over the country, not just party members. Shadow Foreign Secretary Emily Thornberry and Shadow Brexit Secretary Sir Keir Starmer are among those who have declared their candidacy, while MacDonald has indicated he backed Shadow Business Secretary Rebecca Long-Bailey for the top job. The election results also spelt disaster for the Liberal Democrats, who lost 13 seats. Among those to be defeated was party leader Jo Swinson, who lost her seat in East Dunbartonshire. With party rules dictating that the Lib Dem leader must also be a serving MP, the loss prompted a swift resignation from Swinson. Sir Ed Davey and Baroness Sal Brinton have become joint acting leaders, with a formal leadership election expected to take place in the new year. Both Davey and Brinton have been tipped as potential frontrunners in the race, the former having lost out to Swinson in the party's last leadership election held earlier this year. Newly elected MPs began to return to Parliament on Tuesday and Wednesday. The government is expected to put the Prime Minister's Brexit deal before the House of Commons on Friday. According to a government spokesperson, the bill will include a new clause, making it illegal to extend the transition period beyond the end of 2020. 
The transition period is due to conclude on the 31st of December 2020, but can be extended by mutual agreement for up to two years. Under Johnson's new clause, the option for an extension will be ruled out. After Britain has left the EU, it will have until the end of the transition period to agree a trade deal with the bloc or risk defaulting to World Trade Organization terms. Critics of the new clause argue that it raises the risk of Britain exiting the EU without a trade deal. Ireland's Deputy Prime Minister Simon Coveney said the government's decision equated to the UK deciding to tie itself in terms of options. Others have expressed concern over the speed of Johnson's planned negotiations for a UK-EU trade deal, including Liberal Democrat interim leader Sir Ed Davey. The only way Johnson can meet the December 2020 timetable is by giving up all his previous promises to leave voters and agreeing to all the demands of the EU, Davey said. Senior Cabinet Minister Michael Gove has insisted the government is committed to securing a trade deal by the end of 2020. Corbyn is expected to whip Labour MPs to vote against the Brexit bill when it returns to the Commons on Friday. The Labour leader has insisted the bill offers a toxic deal that endangers the NHS and risks undermining the Good Friday Agreement. Elsewhere in politics, SNP leader and Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has condemned the Prime Minister for showing utter contempt for Scottish democracy. The SNP has campaigned for a second independence referendum in Scotland and is in favour of remaining in the EU. The party won 48 of Scotland's 59 seats in Westminster in Thursday's general election. By comparison, the Tories, who ran in Scotland on a platform opposed to a second referendum, won just six seats. Sturgeon has heralded the results as a clear message from Scotland on a fresh independence vote. However, Johnson made clear during his election campaign that he would not grant a Section 30 order enabling Holyrood to hold a second referendum. Speaking on the BBC's Andrew Marr show this week, the SNP leader said Scotland cannot be imprisoned in the UK against its will. If Johnson thinks saying no is the end of the matter, he's going to find himself completely and utterly wrong. Meanwhile, in Northern Ireland, talks aimed at restoring power sharing have resumed. The Northern Irish Assembly has been inactive since January 2017, when power sharing between the Democratic Unionist Party, DUP, and Sinn Féin collapsed amid a bitter row. Northern Ireland Secretary Julian Smith is overseeing the process of getting Stormont back up and running and met separately with representatives from each of the five largest parties this week. Smith has insisted the talks must reach a breakthrough by the 13th of January or he will be legally required to call a fresh assembly election. Several rounds of negotiations aimed at restoring the power-sharing executive have failed since 2017. The latest efforts follow pledges from both Johnson and Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar to help return a devolved government, as well as the general election results, which has seen a decline in the vote share for both the DUP and Sinn Féin. Colm Eastwood, leader of Northern Ireland's Social Democratic and Labour Party, said the results showed the electorate was sick of the Stormont standoff. In UK news... Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby has voiced concern about the country's direction in his annual Christmas message, saying, We have had an MP murdered. I'm not saying we were in a crisis. I'm just saying the direction of travel is not what we want. Labour MP Joe Cox was murdered by a far-right extremist in the days before the Brexit referendum in June 2016. The Archbishop has used his festive address, published in the Big Issue magazine this week, as part of its Christmas edition, to warn against an increase of vitriolic language and a decline in tolerance towards minority groups in Britain. The head of the Church of England also expressed concern about the worsening situation for vulnerable people in the UK, 
highlighting the growing use of food banks and rise in rough sleeping over the last 10 years. Thieves have allegedly made off with £50 million worth of jewellery after raiding the home of Tamara Eccleston. The daughter of ex-Formula One boss Bernie Eccleston is believed to have left the UK for her Christmas holiday shortly before the thieves broke in on Friday. According to The Sun, jewellery, including rings, earrings and a Cartier bangle worth £80,000, was stolen from the property in Palace Green, Kensington. A spokesperson for Eccleston confirmed there had been a home invasion and said internal security were cooperating with police following the break-in. Tamara and her family are well but obviously angry and shaken by the incident, they added. The Met Police said no arrests had been made. The plummeting level of rape convictions in England and Wales is partially down to a lack of resources in the criminal justice system, according to a new report. The 195-page study by the HM Crown Prosecution Service Inspectorate has described the justice system as close to breaking point as a result of significant reductions in funding for the police and prosecutors. The report was commissioned to investigate the rapid fall in the number of rape cases taken to trial at a time when allegations are rising. If 58,657 allegations of rape were made in the year ending March 2019, but only 1,925 successful prosecutions for the offence followed, something must be wrong, the report writes. The Inspectorate's investigation found lawyers working in the Crown Prosecution Service, all CPS, Rape and Serious Sexual Offences units, were overstretched, with nearly 40% reporting an unmanageable caseload. However, the report did clear the CPS over complaints from victims' campaign groups, accusing prosecutors of only pursuing cases with the strongest level of evidence. The World Economic Forum has published its global rankings on the gender equality gap. Releasing the figures, the organisation warned of the slow rate of progress, saying, at the slow speed experienced over the period 2006 to 2020, it will take 257 years to close this gap. It's a timeline we simply cannot accept in today's globalised world, the forum added. The UK has fallen six places in this year's international rankings for gender equality. The country is now placed 21st in the world, with its progress on equality falling behind that of Nicaragua, Rwanda, Latvia and the Philippines. Iceland is ranked in first place as the nation closest to achieving parity after closing 88% of its gender gap. According to the forum, the UK performed poorly due to its limited representation of women in politics. A review by HM Inspectorate of Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services has found the London Fire Brigade, LFB, has been slow to implement changes in the wake of the Grenfell Tower fire. The Watchdogs report found the LFB had been slow to learn and criticise its projects for being wasteful and facing delays. It also revealed the brigade has no systematic training programme for firefighters responding to terror incidents and found many frontline officers are not equipped with suitable personal protective equipment. Newly appointed LFB Commissioner Andy Rowe said he recognised some aspects of the brigade were not good enough. Caroline Flack has stepped down from her role as the host of ITV's Love Island after being charged with assault. In a message posted on Instagram, the presenter described the reality television programme as the best show on the telly and said she would be standing down to avoid detracting attention from its upcoming sixth series. It follows the 40-year-old's arrest in North London earlier this month. Flack has been charged with assault by beating over the private domestic incident in which her boyfriend Lewis Burton was reportedly involved. Burton has since spoken out in defence of Flack, saying she had become the subject of a witch hunt in the wake of her arrest. Flack will appear before Highbury Corner Magistrates Court next week. 
parents of Nora Koren have called on the Malaysian authorities to open an inquest into the 15-year-old's death, saying, We have insisted from the beginning that we believe there was a criminal element to what happened. Speaking publicly for the first time since their daughter's death was confirmed, Miab and Sebastian Koren said they believed foul play was involved. The teenager's body was found unclothed over a mile away from the Malaysian holiday resort where her family had been staying. An autopsy concluded she was likely to have died of starvation and stress after seven days in the jungle. Nora's parents have insisted it was one chance in a billion that Nora, who had special needs, would have wandered off by herself. Although a post-mortem provided some basic answers, it could not explain any of how she could possibly have got to where she was found, they added. The Conservatives have been accused of ignoring Islamophobia in the party after a planned inquiry into the issue was dropped. The party will instead establish a broader inquiry into its handling of complaints about all forms of discrimination. The decision has prompted criticism from the Muslim Council of Britain, which said the general review left the issue of Islamophobia at risk of denial, dismissal and deceit by the party. Tory peer Saida Varsi also expressed concern over the newly appointed chair of the inquiry, Professor Swaran Singh. In a post to Twitter, Varsi shared comments from Singh on the Kashmir conflict, including those arguing that the dispute had been portrayed as a tragedy only for Muslims. The comments did not bode well for those hoping for a credible inquiry into Islamophobia, Varsi said. The families of four British soldiers killed in an IRA bombing have won the first stage of a damages claim against suspect John Downey. Relatives of the Royal Household Cavalrymen killed in the Hyde Park bombing in 1982 brought civil action against Downey after the criminal case against him collapsed in 2014. The families have won the first stage of the civil claim after a High Court judge ruled Downey had been an active participant in the blast and is therefore jointly responsible with others for the attack. Downey, from County Donegal, has denied any involvement in the bombing. He did not attend the hearing. The civil action will now progress to a second stage where the amount of damages to be awarded will be determined. In health news... Parents have been urged to vaccinate their children against flu to avoid facing a Christmas to forget. Medical Director at Public Health England, Professor Yvonne Doyle, has said children aged two and three should be vaccinated as soon as possible after uptake of the jab among toddlers was found to be lagging behind previous seasons. Medics have warned children can act as super spreaders of flu to elderly relatives, particularly when families gather during the Christmas holidays. According to Chris Whitty, the Chief Medical Officer for England, the winter flu season has started early in the UK this year. The number of patients booking doctors' appointments with symptoms associated with flu rose 24% in the last week. An estimated 15,500 nurses began strike action in Northern Ireland on Wednesday. The walkout has been staged in response to a dispute over pay and patient safety. Around 6,500 nurses who are members of Unison began the strike and were joined later by a further 9,000 nurses, represented by the Royal College of Nursing, RCN. It is the first time the RCN has taken strike action since its establishment over 100 years ago. One member told reporters, This is so unprecedented for us to have to strike, but nurses are so fed up. Their patients aren't safe and they need to do something. Health workers in Northern Ireland did not benefit from NHS pay rises introduced last year as the issue is under the control of the devolved government, which has not functioned in Northern Ireland since the collapse of power sharing in 2017. A group of 175 health professionals have written to the Prime Minister to warn him of a growing public health crisis worsened by air pollution. 
In a letter published in The Times this week, the doctors warned that wards and GP surgeries were receiving an increasing number of patients suffering from respiratory conditions. Thousands of children and adults are in hospital or waiting rooms with conditions such as respiratory diseases, bronchitis and pneumonia, who would not be there if air pollution was reduced, the doctors wrote, adding, the severe pressures in the winter months are being exacerbated by preventable causes. The group has urged Boris Johnson to introduce a clean air target in line with World Health Organization guidelines for particulate pollution by 2013. In business news, water companies in England and Wales have been ordered to cut customers' bills by £50 over the next five years. As part of a crackdown on the sector, Offwat said firms would also need to spend £51 million on improving their services and investing in water infrastructure. The regulator has also ordered companies to tackle leaks to supplies and reduce the amount of water lost by 16%. Offwat CEO Rachel Fletcher said... Today, we're firing the starting gun on the transformation of the water industry backed by a major investment programme. Now water companies need to crack on and turn this into a reality. It follows a review of water company performances in January, which found just three out of 17 firms were of an acceptable standard. Boeing has confirmed it will temporarily halt production of its 737 MAX airliner in January. The suspension follows a decision to ground the model nine months ago in the wake of two deadly crashes. A 737 MAX aircraft crashed in Indonesia in October 2018, and a second model crashed in Ethiopia in March. The disasters killed a total of 346 people. Boeing had intended to have the aircraft back in the air by the end of 2019, but US regulators have said this will not be possible. The manufacturer is reportedly redesigning the automated control system believed to have caused the crashes. It has said safely returning the 737 MAX to service is its top priority. The boss of Bet365 has confirmed her position as the UK's top paid executive after recording yearly earnings of £320 million. Denise Coates, who co-founded the online gambling business, received a £277 million salary in addition to dividends from the company, up from £220 million in the year to the end of March. Bet365 is a privately held firm owned jointly by Coates and other members of her family, including her father, the company chairman, and her brother, the joint chief executive. The huge payout comes as the betting industry faces mounting criticism over its impact on public health. Research published by the Gambling Commission earlier this year found links between problem gambling and suicidal thoughts or attempts. Elsewhere in the world, Donald Trump has become the third US president in history to be impeached by the House of Representatives. Following a full day of debate on Capitol Hill in Washington on Wednesday, the House voted 230 to 197 to pass the first article of impeachment against Trump, charging him with abuse of power. A second article was then passed 229 to 198, charging the president with obstruction of Congress. The charges relate to the president's alleged attempt to pressure Ukraine into investigating his political rival Joe Biden and to his refusal to cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. Trump will now go on to face trial in the Senate. The Republican-controlled upper house is expected to acquit him of the charges. Trump has continued to deny the charges against him, describing the impeachment proceedings as a scam. A statement from the White House on Wednesday said the president was confident he would be fully exonerated in a Senate trial. 
The trial is expected to start in early January. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis has told the European Commission the country has reached its limits and can no longer handle the influx of refugees reaching its shores. Recent figures show 10,551 migrants and refugees arrived in Greece during September alone, the highest number of arrivals since March 2016. As many as 40,000 people are living in overcrowded camps designed to hold 5,400. The renewed surge has pushed Mitsotakis to appeal to the EU for greater solidarity in dealing with the migrant crisis. Addressing the Commission's vice president, Mitsotakis said this is not a Greek-Turkish problem. It's an issue that affects the European Union as a whole, and we are looking forward to your help, as well as a firm European policy to address it. The former leader of Pakistan, General Pervez Musharraf, has been sentenced to death for high treason. Musharraf seized control of Pakistan in a military coup in 1999 and served as president from 2001 to 2008. He is now in Dubai after being permitted to leave Pakistan for medical treatment in 2016. At a special court hearing in Islamabad this week, the 76-year-old was found guilty of high treason over his decision to suspend the country's constitution in 2007. Musharraf suspended the constitution under an imposed emergency rule designed to extend his tenure. In a video statement filmed from his hospital bed in Dubai earlier this month, Musharraf claimed the case against him was baseless. New data released by the Bureau of Meteorology in Australia shows the country experienced its hottest day on record this week. According to preliminary analysis, Tuesday saw an average maximum temperature of 40.9 degrees Celsius across Australia, topping the previous record of 40.3 degrees Celsius set in January 2013. This record was smashed again on Wednesday, when temperatures rose to an average maximum of 41.9 degrees Celsius. Temperatures are expected to rise further in some areas later this week. Port Augusta in South Australia is forecast to reach 48 degrees Celsius on Friday, while Penrith in New South Wales is likely to hit 45 degrees Celsius on Saturday. A total fire ban has been issued in some states as firefighters attempt to tackle widespread bushfires. A combination of high temperatures, drought and strong winds has left many parts of Australia facing a dangerous level of bushfire risk. Our facts of the week are... England cricketer Ben Stokes has been voted BBC Sports Personality of the Year 2019. The 28-year-old was man of the match as England beat New Zealand to win the Cricket World Cup for the first time in July. He also played a crucial role in the team's third Ashes Test triumph over Australia in August. Accepting the award, Stokes said, It's an individual award, but it's a team sport. The best thing is you get to share big moments with teammates and backroom staff. The public vote for the award saw Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton come in second place, while sprinter Dina Asher-Smith was third. Barack Obama has told a leadership conference in Singapore he believes women are indisputably better than men. Speaking at a private event for the Obama Foundation, the former president said, Now women, I just want you to know you are not perfect, but what I can say pretty indisputably is that you're better than us men. Continuing, Obama said he was absolutely confident there would be a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes, if every nation on earth was run by women for two years. Mariah Carey's festive hit, All I Want for Christmas Is You, has finally topped the US charts 25 years after the song was first released. The singer's classic Christmas track made its debut as an EP in 1994, 
meaning it could not be ranked in Billboard's Hot 100 singles. Royal Changes meant it eventually entered the charts as a standalone single in 2000 and began its climb towards the Christmas top spot. Celebrating her number one yesterday, Carrie tweeted, We did it, alongside an emoji conveying happy tears. The song is yet to top the charts in Britain, but has ranked as Spotify's most streamed song in the UK this week. And finally, 102 new plant species have been named by scientists at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Kew this year. The discoveries included a new miracle berry found on the Mozambique-Zimbabwe border, which can make sour foods taste sweet, and a previously unknown rubbery shrub species found in Guinea that produces its own biological superglue. Kew scientists said the discovery and naming of the new plants was often the first vital step in protecting them, with many of the species found this year already at risk of extinction. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.